0: Amen. Please be seated. As we shift from last week's celebration of Christ the King into the first Sunday of Advent, the theme of the end times continues, but it starts to shift as, we, as the metaphor moves from waiting for Christ's second coming to waiting for Christ's first coming. However, that second coming theme continues to roll through the Advent readings, and um, I think that the Uh, The intention is pretty clear. One of the great themes of the Advent and Christmas season is that God was trying to get our attention for a long time, and we misunderstood what God God was saying. So we heard um, prophecies of a Messiah, and that that, that the Messiah would come and restore Israel and Jerusalem to its rightful place, and we as the the children of Israel believed that, and that was fulfilled, but not in the way that we expected. We thought the Messiah would look this way, and instead the Messiah would look that way. And I'm trying to draw an analogy here in terms of the understanding of the Christian understanding of the end times. You can't read the New Testament without getting the, the uh, strong sense, the, the reality, that the early Christians were convinced that Christ was going to come again in their lifetime. In fact, I would argue that that was the first great theological crisis of the church when the first generations of Christians started to die of natural causes and other, um, uh, other calamities, and Christ still hadn't come. But what about all these promises? What about the end of the world? What about Christ coming in great power and great glory, coming with the clouds? And so the the Christian community started to work with the material and started to try new interpretations of this material on. Um, And so we come 2,000 years later, and it is still possible that a literal second coming is in the future for us. But it's pretty clear from the material that there's no way to predict or know when that was going to happen. But by definition, that kind of end times is not, um, you, you can't evaluate that claim. There's no scientific basis to evaluate that claim. There's no logical basis to evaluate that claim. It's just a claim that is untestable. And you'll only find out when it happens. So for me, it's not a particularly useful way of looking at this material. For me, I take this material symbolically. And so I draw that analogy. We didn't think, we thought we knew what a Messiah looks like look like, but we didn't. The Messiah looked quite different. And so I would say that the early Christians thought the end times looked a certain way, but I think that God was trying to get our attention in a different way, and saying that there is a spiritual reality into which we are invited, if we have the will to engage with it, that this stuff draws us into. So it's not a day on the calendar. It is an experience or it is a work of God in the present moment in your life. So the Day of the Lord becomes a metaphor for those moments in your life, or in our life as a community, when God is most powerfully active. and So now with that in mind as the metaphor, we turn back to the End Times material and we start seeing what this might have to teach us about those moments. So um, there are some Greek words that those of you that have hung around church and done courses will recognize. Uh, chronos and Kairos. Kronos time, these are Greek ideas. Kronos time is calendar time. It's linear, it is horizontal. It starts here, it goes there. Kairos time is vertical. It's another dimension. It's the dimension of eternity. And that dimension intersects with Kronos, and it intersects all the time, but it intersects powerfully at certain moments in time. And so a Kairos moment is a moment where where, where transcendence, where eternity breaks through into time. And that, for me, is the day of the Lord in this sense, where, the, where Christ, the Logos, comes in the clouds with great power and glory to act as judge and the inaugurator of a new regime. So instead of a political, historical metaphor, we have a spiritual metaphor. It is something about our lives, those, those moments where God breaks through into our lives. And if you reflect on your life you will probably be able to identify certain moments where you would say that that was a God moment, that was a Kairos moment, that was a a profound moment of disruption and change where in hindsight I see that God was at work, though I couldn't see it at the time. So with that perspective we look at these readings and we see that there is an analogy being drawn about the fig tree and how all the trees, and the fig tree in particular, you look and you see the signs and you know the signs are near. So the first thing is that you can see a, a, a Kairos moment coming if you know how to read the signs. What are the signs? Um, look for them, you'll see them, you know a Kairos moment is coming. But the signs are usually bad. That's the other side of it. You'll hear wars and insurrections and rumors of wars and earthquakes and, and tidal waves and all the rest of it. And so what those are are not just calamities. The teaching is that it's not just a calamity, it's a sign that God is about to be at work very, very powerfully. And So taking that analogy and putting it back into our lives, there are moments in our lives that are calamitous and scary and tumultuous, and there are wars and rumours of wars in our heart, in our relationships, in our life And the teaching of this is that it could be God paving the way for a Kairos moment. And here I can't help but draw the analogy. The Chinese saw this in their language. And they have a number of languages. But there's only one that I know about. And that one has the same word for crisis and opportunity exactly the same word. It's a crisis, it's an opportunity. And it, it, it is this human perception into the reality when that when things are so broken down and disrupted that we don't know the way forward because the old patterns have completely failed us, that we are forced to find a new pattern. And that opportunity to find a new pattern is precisely the possibility for a Kairos moment. It's precisely for the opportunity for us to allow God to participate in that process and create something truly new and blessed that would not have been possible but for the breakdown in the first place. As long as things are going along nicely, we have no reason to change. We're going to continue to go along and some things work and some things don't work but we can live with them. It's fine. It's a lot easier than the alternative. But sometimes, when God is about to do a new thing, God has to break that down first before something new can be built. So when we are in the breakdown process, it's wars. It's rumors of wars. It is scary. It is terrifying. But take heart. Lift up your heads. The Lord is near. So this is the Advent message, that when we are coming into those moments in our life, when things seem dark, when there is nothing left but darkness, the moment, the, 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 the teaching of Advent is that that is precisely the moment when we need to have courage and hope because God can yet turn this franchise around. Friday's here, Sunday's coming. The metaphor works through the entire tradition. But in Advent, we're waiting for that Messiah and it's not looking like it's going to come, and yet some Messiah is about to come. It's not going to be what we expect. But it's going to be better because it's going to be according to God's plan, not ours. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen.